this man-made cocktail at everybody and telling everybody it's the it's the savior. You know, it's 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 saving everybody's lives. These monoclonal and they're giving it in the hospital without consent, without consent, and and it it goes along right with the general waiver, and so people don't know they're getting it right. This is my problem with the monoclonal antibodies. Why would you pick any of those? And I just have to ask you, Kate, and Mm -hmm. your entire audiences. And I always bring this up because people go, "What about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin?" And I'll Mm -hmm. go like this. Do you know that in the history of the world, remember, this virus, COVID-19, and any of its variants kills less than 1% of the yeah. entire world right. that's been infected. So you're treating something that, that kills by itself less than 1% of all people. Do you know one drug in the world that has a better mortality rate than COVID-19 does, which is less than 1%? Do you know there's only one drug in the whole world? That has a less than 1% mortality rate. Do you know what that let, drug is? Let me guess. It's one of the two. Go ahead and guess. Is it one of the two? It is. is it, is it, it ivermectin is. or hydroxychloroquine? It's ivermectin, actually. Mm. So ivermectin is proven mm-hmm. in 63 studies around the world, mm-hmm. in 18 different countries around the world, to be effective that in two days, it can actually stop the COVID-19 infection process or disease. Mm-hmm. And in less than 48 hours, it can stop transmission of the virus or spike proteins. Isn't that amazing that it's that effective? Mm-hmm. But they're still looking for other drugs that can cost $13,000 for treatment. Regeneron, when Donald Trump received it, Regeneron, the triple monoclonal antibody, it was $100,000 for that treatment with that experimental drug. Really? These are your Jeez. solutions when ivermectin costs less than a dollar a day to treat somebody with or less than five dollars if you're paying out with medicare i mean seriously why why are we looking anywhere else if your audience is not aware of this go look at a website called c19early.com c19early.com and it updates every day and they take research studies from around the world hospitalized research studies in fact And just look at the third graph on that page. The third graph is titled All Results Mortality, or All Mortality Results. And next to every mineral, vitamin, vitamin D, C, zinc, ivermectin, remdesivir, you can actually see the most successful used around the world Mm -hmm. treatments for COVID-19 in hospitalized patients. And there's a percentage next to the word of the used drug or over-the-counter medication or mineral or vitamin. And it will have next to it the success more success rate at getting people out of hospitals for COVID-19. Amazingly, the third thing on that list just two days ago mm-hmm. is, pov- is povidone iodine. Hmm. And it has an 88% success rate in hospitalized patients. And all you do is a nasal spray and a gargle with your mouth. <laughs> and it has an 88% success rate and the treatment costs less than a dollar. If you look at the bottom of this success rate for mm-hmm. treating COVID-19 patients around the world, look at remdesivir at the bottom of that chart. It's been in 2,300 studies, or actually 23,000 patients in 23 different studies, and it has a success rate of only 19%, but <laughs> it costs $3,120 on average. Oh, my God. It's cost to benefits ratio is far less than ivermectin that's on that list at 59% success rate, less than a dollar a day. Mm-hmm. Vitamin C is on that list. D, all those outperform remdesivir, yet it's still what we're doing here. If and this... did you know? Well, go ahead. Did you know this? Mm-hmm. Did you know? Right now in America, we still lead the world with the most deaths for treated COVID-19 people. That's 755,000 plus dead Americans. 
Brazil is over 600,000 now. It's the second highest death death toll for citizens in a country being treated with COVID-19. And I actually wondered the other day, I was like, how is Brazil getting right. so many deaths catching up to America? So I looked it up. Do you know what Brazil's been treating all COVID-19 patients with since March of 2021 this year? What? Remdesivir. It's- and it's the only drug going throughout their hospitals. And I'm like, really? The countries that have half of the right. entire world's deaths just about right. are using the same drug to treat people for COVID-19. So if this wasn't COVID-19 and the doctors started seeing a death rate as high as it is, would they have said something if it wasn't COVID and the money attached? I don't think that they've ever had this kind of money attached, right? They were never getting oh, this no, funded. They, okay. I just no, They were not this bribed. They, mm. they did start getting bribed, though, by Medicare mm-hmm. in March of 2020. All hospitals were being bribed to actually diagnose people in hospitals right. with COVID-19, even if they didn't test positive for it. But get this, the CDC's own documents, they sent out to all hospitals. They said if someone comes in with the flu, you diagnose them with the flu and it's positive, but they're negative for pneumonia and negative for the PCR test for COVID-19. If you'll look at their intake form and look at their home address, if they live in a city that you've heard there's positive cases of COVID-19, you can write this person down as a positive COVID-19 case and get this, the CDC and the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services said we'll pay out 20% more for the diagnosis code for positive COVID-19 if you'll just write that instead of the positive flu diagnosis. Oh, my gosh. I so, mean, what a stretch. So, <laughs> what a so, stretch. They, so they have been inflating oh. and exaggerating the case numbers mm-hmm. by bribing hospitals to select a code even if they weren't even positive with their crappy PCR test. It reminds me of the hospitals right now saying, uh, we're a government contractor because our brother's sister's uncle of the CEO was a government contractor, so we are one too. We identify as one. So they're twisting our arm, and now we have to make everybody get a mandate, and it's an order, and there's no such thing. But what a stretch, right? I mean, you stretch yourself into the situation you want to be in, and that's what they did when the hospitals were not full. Because I call 2020 the year of the lie and 2021 even more so the year of the genocide the 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 real one going on in the hospitals right yep absolutely because it wasn't full they had to stretch it to get a covid patient oh they figured out how to how to manipulate those numbers so even as healthcare workers were being actually excused being told they had to get the vaccines or they'd lose their job Mm -hmm. when they would actually fire those nurses or Mm -hmm. release those workers Mm -hmm. in the hospitals you actually have to reduce how many Beds can be actually used to be treating patients in the hospital based on how much staff is in the building. So they would close down certain floors because they didn't have enough staff. And then they could say we're flooded with patients, our one floor that even remains open because we have we don't have enough staff here. Mm-hmm. That's not what they were telling you in the news. They were saying we're flooded, we're full, all of our beds are yep. full of unvaccinated people, which is funny. Oh For the gosh. first time in history, they lied to you considering that somebody who's got the second Pfizer and Moderna shot and the one and only Johnson and Johnson shot for the first time in vaccine history, they actually term and tell you you're considered unvaccinated until two weeks after you get your second shots or your first shot from Johnson and Johnson. It's amazing. It's the first time in history. The cover up is, is I'm just surprised with all these pieces. Have you seen doctors that have actually said, I can't do this to people. I have a soul. And yes, you have. Okay. I'm I'm glad to see that. 
<laughs> I really yeah. am. I'm starting there's to very, wonder. There's very few of them. Mm-hmm. In fact, Dr. Peter McCullough, who's become a good friend of mine, he'll actually, you'll see him in interviews. He'll say, look, we have a million medical doctors and DOs in this country, but there's only about 500 of us that are actually bothered and have been brave enough to step out and go, something is wrong here. Yeah. yeah. Only 500 of the million. And they plead for more to do it. But there's so many of them who are just, even when they call me and they just have to vent to somebody, I will tell them, are you ready to go out in the media? I'll take you. You know, I'll let you come do interviews with me. What? And what? they'll say, no, I, I can't right now because my livelihood's being threatened. Uh-huh. I'll lose my license. I can't practice. And I'm like, since when is money, mm-hmm. your salary, make it okay for you to assist in complicit or be complicit right. in a plot to maim, injure, cause acute kidney failure, liver failure, and death in patients? Yeah. Since when right. have, has it, your Hippocratic oath you took didn't say, I will first do no harm unless you pay me enough. Part of the Hippocratic oath. Right, right. Do you think there are doctors who really are dense and and, and will look at a death rate and just seriously still wring their hands and say that killer COVID after almost two years, which is such a mystery, we don't know anything about it? Because we kept getting told that. There's a couple things that happened. We kept getting told that. We kept getting told it was a mystery by everybody that walked in the room. We also kept getting, uh, well, we had to keep telling them to turn the oxygen down and uh, so that his lungs had a chance to uh, repair and heal. And I also wanted to see the the more we could get the machine down the faster we were out of there right and so we i kept having to to say over and over again turn it down you know five uh five degrees just turn it down and they were so resistant oh they'll crash at any moment they're going to just crash well he was fine every single time and and we were able to get the number down within 24 hours in five uh deaths you know five percentage increments on the high flow machine on the oxygen machine so this this fear, this this scare, are they really dense? Do they really not read? Because I found some that didn't. Uh, I found some doctors that were incredibly dense. But what's your feeling on that? I mean, what, what portion really truly believe after almost two years that we're in an airborne pathogen plague environment? No, we're in a plague of will, the willfully ignorant is what I call them. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. There's no way that these people who have any common sense and intellect to be able to go through med school and then go mm-hmm. through residency school, like right. to be able to do that or go through the residency. How in the world is it could it be possible that these intellects, to any degree, I don't could know. not pick up? Is on it the willful? Sense? Is it willful ignorance? They just oh, want to absolu- be. It is absolutely. Yeah. 100% willful ignorance. I look at the data. They don't want to take time to do research. They don't want to go meet with their administrators. They don't want to. You know, ruffle right. any feathers. I I just yes, I, it is willful. Okay, I had I actually asked a doctor to describe COVID to me, and after he struggled for a while, because when I got the X-rays of my husband, I said I looked up X-rays from previous years, and I said, "Wow, it looks an awful lot like just plain old pneumonia," <laughs> and it was no, mm-hmm. no, no, it's much different. It's shards of glass, you know. And I said, "Yeah, it yeah. looks the same. I think all respiratory <laughs> is respiratory." <laughs> And he did not like that. And um, and I said, can you describe COVID to me? And after stumbling for a while, he said, well, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. And I went, wow, after two years. And so what do you what do you say? What do you think? What are you thinking when I say that as far as what is it? I mean, is this a label? Is this a label diagnosis? I don't know. Yes. Uh, I think a lot of it is a label diagnosis. Oh, mm-hmm. I just told you yeah. there's health agencies and health 
care, like insurance mm-hmm. companies like CMS who are bribing hospital techs to give you a false diagnosis, even right. if you don't find one that's positive, right? Even if the PCR test that we're relying on for this entire pandemic, if it's negative, you can still write it down as a positive COVID-19 case. Really? How in the world can you do that when you're, when you don't have anything else to tell you it's COVID mm-hmm. we're just relying on this new ridiculously inaccurate, even inventor of the machine is saying it wasn't designed to diagnose respiratory viruses. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really. When we see that that's negative, mm-hmm. you're going to tell the docs, still write it down as positive COVID. It, yes, it is it's labeling. It's amazing. But it sounds yep. nice. I mean, I'm sure they made a category for it back in February of 2020, um, just like they did all the signage, you know, in preparation. But isn't that amazing that it was? And I know that they do that a lot in medical records where they say likelihood, very broad, you know. But I just I, I wonder if they if they can't do that for basic liability. I don't know. Just yeah. the basic liability okay, I, of calling it COVID. That's why you say they say complications of COVID. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, I'll tell you one, one other thing, for example, that was sent to me. There was a group of scientists and doctors. They call themselves like the C-19 International Committee. Mm-hmm. And I'm in it. And they all share articles and research studies. And someone posted a research article uh, in my email with the whole group. And I just happened to open it and read them. I can't read all of them because there's hundreds of them every right. day. But I happened to click this one because the research study was titled extra pulmonary diseases. So extra pulmonary means Uh outside of the lungs, extra pulmonary diseases caused by SARS-CoV-2 virus infection. So this study was going to actually say, or this paper was going to tell us what all organs in the body are affected by SARS-CoV-2, the virus. Okay. And I'm not kidding. I just clicked it because, you know, I've had a major interest for the last year and a Mm -hmm. half to Make sure everybody's aware of the kidney damage, sure. liver f- damage caused by the, vi- the the drug treating people in America with mm-hmm. and around the world now. I knew it was a side effect of remdesivir. So I'm reading this abstract of the article that someone emailed to me. This is a part of the – I'm not going to call it willfully ignorant. They just should have read this first before they published it or <laughs> pushed it to me because uh-huh. this is what the abstracts read. So the abstract starts out. Uh, there's, although COVID-19 is most well known for causing substantial respiratory pathology or lung disease, uh-huh. it can also result in several extra pulmonary manifestations, which includes acute kidney injury and hepatocellular in- injury. Now, hepatocellular means liver. And I'm not kidding, Kate. I went just like this. I'm not reading anything else. I want to know who funded this study. Yeah. That's exactly what I said. Right, as right. As soon as I read acute I kidney it. failure and liver, I was like, hold up. Gilead has to be somewhere in here. Yeah. So I scroll so I scroll up to the very end of the research study, like 30 right. pages down. Right. And it gets into who funded the study. And there's like seven different departments of the National Institutes of Health that are listed. <laughs> different departments. And I'm like, okay, so the NIH came together and there's the cardiology department, the kidney department, the <laughs> liver department, and they're all saying that the virus in this paper also causes acute liver failure and kidney failure, which I know I've been talking about something for two years now that this drug does it, not the virus. So I'm like, I didn't see Gilead in the funded part, but there's another part at the end of all research studies that you have to actually list. Do you have any conflicts of interest? It's in the ethics part of the, the actual paper. So those who have possible conflicts of interest Mm -hmm. have to disclose who they are and their relationships to companies. Okay. I I knew it was in there somewhere. I had to find it. I Uh knew Gilead would be on this. I just had no idea 
the Gilead Biosciences, and it gives the person's name. What? Who is invited and has a conflict of interest, obviously, because and, – and when I saw their name, I was like, holy crap, Gilead was allowed to be a part of the discussion to, to write up a me. paper that discloses the infection, the virus that it's treating. Gilead got invited to the party. To be able to tell the world, wow. this is what SARS-CoV-2, the virus, does in the entire body. And then I was like, hold on a minute. I mean, I just got this paper like two months ago. So all of a sudden, I'm like at the bottom, I'm like, holy crap, Gilead was here. Wait a minute. When did get, when did they yeah. publish this yeah, paper? Yeah, yeah. So I go so I go all the way back up to the top of the article to find out that this was done in the beginning of July of 2020. Really? This paper was completely set up by the NIH and Gilead. Who had already two months earlier in May been given the green light to be the only drug to treat SARS-CoV-2, but they're allowed to come to the meeting and they were able to put in this entire article every single side effect of remdesivir, the drug, the only drug being pumped into all Americans. They were allowed to actually tell the NIH, not only does the virus cause respiratory failure, mm-hmm. it causes liver failure, <laughs> kidney failure, gastrointestinal inflammation. Really, those are all known side effects of your freaking drug I... that you've been allowed the only drug to go into all hospitalized Americans. So now you're going to have doctors who, if they go and cite a paper as they're right. learning and experiencing in July 2020, they're like, holy cow, this virus is is there any talk about this virus damaging kidneys and liver? Because we're seeing it in every mm-hmm. patient we see. It's they would right have there. found this paper and have been like this. Holy crap, the virus does do that. Holy crap, none of you looked at the ethics part of this research paper. Gilead was invited with the NIH. It's oh the most disgusting gosh. thing ever. You know, now, now that I'm thinking, okay, so the doctor, one of the doctors, the one that had a, a huge ego problem, um, said to me, you know, that it was like they were reciting a script, and, and that's how it sounded to me. And, you know, we have this new drug, remdesivir, and it's safe and effective. And I went, okay. And I had I had known only a little bit about remdesivir at the time. I mean, I had we had done shows on all the drugs, and but you, I wasn't really as well versed as I am now. And of course, your video really woke people up. But I hadn't seen it uh, before I went into the hospital. And it's interesting to me. So a good doctor, and let me ask you this: as a doctor, a good doctor would have said, "Okay, we have this killer mystery thing, right? And this is what they keep telling us. And I worship the the NIH and whatever they say, and they keep telling me COVID is." a mystery bug and it's and it's a deadly airborne pathogen which is it isn't but here's a drug that we want to treat this with and it's new wouldn't you be looking if you were a good doctor wouldn't you be looking the drug up like you did wouldn't you be doing some research to find (laughs) out to find out what what they're treating the mystery with so that you had a good idea and then wouldn't you have stumbled upon the fact that it was used in ebola and killing so many people wouldn't you have wouldn't you be stumbling upon the fact that how can you say it's safe and effective if it just came out then how is it safe and effective because when they did the trial right the supposed trial the very limited trial we only only had like a hundred cases over here. We didn't have any. So who were they using for the trial? Were they going to China for the trial? I mean, the trial is a joke because I don't know who they used, right? And you read all through that trial. So what are your thoughts on, I mean, wouldn't a good doctor go, well, geez, what drug? I mean, how do they know what drug and what drug is being used? Wouldn't they do some research? You would think they would have the time or take the time to go do that research. This is when I realized, man, nobody's clicked this study and opened it. Even a yeah. year later, 
when the likes of Dr. Peter McCullough and I are like, you got to keep going out there and talking about remdesivir. This is the most, one of the most important parts of this entire pandemic. Yes. You got to keep going. And I'm like, am I the only one that actually looked that up? Like I'm the right. only one right. out there. I'm, I've now become like the remdesivir doctor. Um, that's an important thing, Dr. Artis, because, you know, the, so, so, so this house of cards, everything that's holding them this up is number one, the only time we play plague the game is inside a hospital, right? It's the only place yep, that you exactly go and right. everyone's double masked and, and zoot suited up with hoses coming out of their heads and they act like there's yep. an airborne plague. But I can go to the same I can go to the same grocery store down the street with the staff that works there and everybody doesn't have that on and we're fine. So it's only uh-huh. in the hospital, right? So we play plague the game. Yes. And then you can't get force of vaccine. So right now the death rate is is 0.0244, right, or 224. So it's so low yep. in America, the death percentage rate over the last 20, you know, one months. So the only house of cards then is people are dying in the hospital because other than that, they could not do anything with control that they want to do with this and the, and the force of vaccines if people weren't dying in the yep. hospital, right? That's exactly right. They, they needed these protocols in hospitals they also needed to separate families from having access to their loved ones yes. in the ICUs. Because of they are criminally, the game. <laughs> medically kidnapping your loved ones. Yeah. They do not want people in there watching or absolutely poisoning your loved one to death. Yeah, because I was asking the question, I am perfectly healthy and every single one of the sick that have pneumonia actually are going in with their loved one after being home with them for a week sick and they didn't get sick. So if, if it was an airborne pathogen, there would be no loved ones to even want to come in the hospital. Right. That's right. Okay. And why in the world would they restrict you? Let's just use some common sense here. These people can't breathe. They're thinking they're going to die. Do you think most of them are driving themselves to the hospital? No, they've been in a car right. with their loved ones. Right. And that loved one is dropping them off. And then they're telling you, you can't come back there. You might be exposed to what? You actually were in the house. Mm-hmm. You were in the car to get away with yeah. their criminal activity. Right. Keep you out. Let us poison people. And we'll tell you what's going on. Yeah. It's just been horrible. It is like I've told people nonstop. Best place is to stay away from the hospitals. Do not go. If you think you need early treatment, go get your ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. There's plenty of places that have telemedicine right now that will get you those medications Mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. Mobile clinics that will come to your home, give you high-dose vitamins. They even have names for them called the COVID buster or whatever the case may be. And people are feeling fine. So if this is so easily treatable... And of course, everyone in your life, if you've had uh, any kind of respiratory, because I'm, I'm tired of calling it COVID-19, if you have had any kind of respiratory, you'll notice that not every single person in your family got sick, not everyone yep. around you, right? And sometimes you're the only one, okay? And so, they, so, so truly, it is so easily treatable that they created this circus of a protocol to try to make it look like it was killer. It was a, it was exactly a killer, right. okay. If you Stun. haven't noticed, mm-hmm. China where this supposed thing escaped in, a, in Wuhan, and there were several people in November of 2019, which is why we call it COVID-19 in mm-hmm. 2019. Mm-hmm. These people got such severe pneumonia in November of 2019. By January of 2020, the Chinese government had already figured out how to stop the pneumonia process of this COVID-19 thing. Do you know how they did it? Huh. You can go on orthomolecular.org and read all the research studies and the press releases from China. They figured out in January 2020, they could actually take every hospitalized COVID-19 patient Mm -hmm. and put them on five days of high-dose vitamin C, and 100% of them went home. 100%. The pneumonia process of COVID-19 
was completely 100% curable with high-dose intravenous vitamin C. Go read the studies. Go read the press releases. So So then China decided to do something. Uh They decided to give their entire country and every citizen vitamin C orally because they knew that was going to keep their citizens alive. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what people want to think that China is trying to do to the rest of the world, they want their people alive. If they're going to rule the world, they need their people alive. You're right. It's a great point. No, it's a a fantastic point. Why did they use vitamin C? And Mm -hmm. why are we bastardizing vitamin C, zinc, ivermectin, when other countries are just destroying the COVID pandemic altogether with ivermectin in as little as four weeks? Look at India. I was told, and I'm not joking, when I when a doctor to- actually told me this, uh, all those vitamins and budesonide that you did for your husband, that didn't do anything. And I said, what do you mean it didn't do anything? It didn't do anything. Um, that doesn't do anything. And and I said, so, so what is your reasoning for him walking out, the fastest ICU patient ever? And he said, um, it's a miracle. I, oh, it's a miracle. Okay, I didn't yeah, know it was a Christmas really. miracle. And so isn't Remember it that. amazing, their take on vitamins? And now, ever since the videos have now come out, and, and, and your video, of course, way before mine, mine as a patient's wife, right? We come out with these videos, and now people are starting to understand what's going on in the hospital. So they're going oh. in and they're asking for vitamins. They're asking for high-dose vitamin C and D. And the yep. hospital says over and over again to them, this, there's no studies. There's zero studies. And then the second thing they've done is they doubled down. So if you want to know the intent of a hospital, they actually double down and take out high-dose vitamin C vitamins now, saying that you can't order them. We don't want to even make them available, and the doctors are not allowed to write a script for them because they don't work. And so are, did you always know as a doctor that there were plenty of studies on vitamins for respiratory for the lungs? Yes, we've already known this. Linus Pauling, I used to love studying this guy. Mm-hmm. If this guy wasn't brilliant, this guy won two Nobel Prizes, two. Oh. There's only been like one other person in the yeah. whole history of the world to do that. He's say. got two in two different fields that hmm. were unrelated to medicine or net nutritional stuff. It was it's phenomenal. This guy's brilliant. Hmm. But this guy's the most researched into vitamin C. He lived until he's like 94 years old, and he had studies galore. Proving that high-dose vitamin C orally is both safe, effective, even at helping to reduce cancer load in the body. That's why he took literally every day for the last 10 years of his life. He took 20,000 milligrams every day orally just to keep himself healthy. Isn't that amazing? 20,000. 20,000 because a lot of a lot so now I just actually t- spoke to somebody who just went into a hospital and do you know what they said they said you know maybe 2500 vitamin C but 10,000 is way too much and you will devoid the body of liquids if you nope. if you take that much and I'm thinking are you kidding there are people that do 50,000 this is ridiculous that they're saying this oh yeah even Peter McCullough he does 50,000 I use a vitamin D yeah. every day Jeez. but you're not told to take that much he does it every day. Do you know why he takes it? Because he used it to reverse psoriasis, his own. And then Maria, oh, miraculous. my gosh. It's phenomenal. That so is. anyway, the, I tell people all the time, they need to be taking 50 to 100 milligrams of zinc every day, and mm-hmm. they'll go like this. But Dr. Artis, uh, the FDA doesn't say that you should have more than 30 a day, and this is exactly what I say. Did you hear what the FDA said? That they don't care about all the thousands of heart inflammation called myocarditis from the teenagers that have received the Pfizer shot. They still think it's a good idea to give it to all five and 11 year old children in America. So they did. Yeah. And now they're doing it. That group, the FDA, 
You really expect me to trust their nutritional recommendations to you when all they do is push drugs on you that are experimental? You really think that you should trust their nutritional recommendations? <laughs> I wouldn't trust anything yeah. the FDA has ever put out in the regards to health, particularly food-related or nutrient-related. Right. They are bought out by lobbying mm -hmm. pharmaceutical companies. They are primarily a drug organization. They're not a food organization. And even the foods they work with, they're putting chemicals made by drug manufacturers inside those foods to make them both pesticide mm -hmm. and herbicide ready. But those are causing diseases around the world too. So do not trust the FDA's recommendations on nutrition. Yeah, You should trust That's nutritionists so and naturopaths <laughs> yes. with nutritional recommendations. That is the so, truth. That is the one. truth. It's kind of like the people that wait for mainstream media to tell you the truth until they until yeah. they'll believe it. And I'm thinking, when have they told you the truth? Well, listen, they don't get any nutritional training. I looked right? at the syllabuses of the actual medical schools I was looking to enter into mm -hmm. when I was applying to them. They didn't have a single hour or a class in nutrition in the four years of their studies. Neither one of the universities I looked at did. And every medical doctor I've asked that I've become very close to mm -hmm. in this whole movement, I ask them, how much nutritional uh, courses did you have in med school? Zero. What about residency? Zero. What about vitamins and minerals? Zero. Nothing. Nothing in the way of food? Nope. Mm -hmm. Never had a conversation. Yeah, nope. I call Nothing. that I call that the Johns Hopkins special. They wanted doctors in a certain role, and uh, they were not going to learn about anything healthy. We had the Flexner report that demonized demonized uh, any kind of natural medicines, and and they yeah. were out the door. Let me just bring something. I got to bring some common sense to everybody here. Okay, okay, Kate, okay. The hospitals and the medical doctors are taught to use and prescribe drugs. Mm -hmm. If you're going to go to a medical institution like a hospital, they are going to be promoting drugs. That's what they do. If you go to see a surgeon, they're going to promote surgery, right? This is what they do. Sure. This is their job. This sure. is what they specialize it's in. This is what they're trained in. This is, all, this is all they do. Yeah. If I asked you, if I asked you, Katie, if you came to me and you're like, you know what? I'm thinking about buying a truck. I, I, I need a truck. And I'm thinking about these four trucks because I see all these commercials about them being the number one truck in the country. Yes. Would you go to a Chevy dealership to go ask them if you should go buy a Ford truck? What do you think about them Ford trucks? You think I should get one? Do you think there's a single Chevy salesman? That's going to look at you and go, I really like those Fords. Yeah, you should consider those. No, they're going to go like this. Uh, you should check out our Silverados. Exactly. exactly. It doesn't compare to our Ford. They are selling you drugs. They are drug sellers, drug treaters. If you go there and you start bringing up ideas about nutrition, that's not what they sell. It's mm -hmm. not what they promote. It's not anywhere what they specialize in. They do not specialize in that. In fact, ask every single heart patient who ever had a bypass surgery of any kind heart surgery for a heart attack. When they woke up out of the ICU and were moved into a room and they brought them food. You ever wondered why the hospital brings Diet Coke or Coke and French fries and hamburgers and ice cream to someone who just had a heart attack and they just put them on cholesterol drugs to lower cholesterol? Why are they bringing them that crap food? <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're they, right. They, are not, they do not specialize in health and food and nutrition. They don't. So it's really hard to go walking into there to expect them to defend your beliefs in nutrition and health. That's not what they use. That's not what they specialize in.
Dr. Artis, I am so glad you joined me. And let me just tell you, you're one of the special ones. You're one of the doctors that I pay attention to, that I listen to. And I honestly think truth resonates. I think when you hear truth, you can't unknow it. You can't unsee it. And this is why I think people have tuned into your videos. I think this is why they're listening, because you know, you're truthful, you're honest, you're telling them the honest truth and saying, look, go, go research it yourself, go look for all of these things. I'm telling you as a doctor, this is what I'm seeing. And I, I'm really grateful because if it wasn't for you and Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Simone Gold and Dr. Lee Merritt and all yes. these wonderful doctors, I would have zero faith in the medical profession. So I, I actually love what you do. I love that you're doing yeah. this. In fact, really I'll tell doing. you one thing that's come out of this is actually getting to meet doctors who actually revere and honor the Hippocratic Oath they took. Yes. And this is not a joke. The Doctor Artist Show platform, uh -huh. I've decided, even though I retired, I've decided that I'm actually going to build with all of this network of incredible doctors mm -hmm. and scientists I've met. Mm -hmm. I'm actually creating, with the assistance of some other MDs, uh -huh. we're actually creating on the Doctor Artist Show site what's going to be called the Hold the Line network which is a medical directory for all 50 states no. do you know what hold stands for it's going what? to be abbreviated h-o-l-d it actually stands for hippocratic oath loving doctors like, oh i love this this is fantastic it's news because half of america should not be trusting any of their medical doctors right now yeah. or anything related to medical assistance or the medical complex or drugs so we are starting to build a 50 state directory for all specialties and there's two things every doctor has to voice in writing we've already started contacting them all and collecting their names mm -hmm. addresses email infos all that stuff there's two things they have to do they have to voice and they have to tell us by voice mm -hmm. and they have to put it in writing that they will honor and respect the hippocratic oath and then number two we also sent what's called the revised physicians sorry the revised geneva Mm -hmm. Physicians Pledge, and it goes into preserving the liberties of all patients to make any decisions on their health, and mm -hmm. we will have respect for them. Mm -hmm. We will not judge them, kick them out. Uh, you know, we will treat them with love, kindness, and, and reverence. Ah, oh, this is amazing. So they have, they have to voice and in writing say that, right. that they will adhere to both of these, and they can be a part of the whole the line network of medical doctors that in the future post-COVID, and during COVID, if mm -hmm. it still persists, individuals can actually go and, and find and have any faith in the person they're about to put their bodies. The unvaccinated doctors that are leaving, the unvaccinated nurses that are leaving, will there be, and, and of course we have a lot of patients that would be as well, will there be clinics emerging with the doctors so we can go get a specialized help or surgeries? I'm worried about going into a hospital now. I don't want to enter should be. one. Yeah. So, so will there be clinics emerging where uh, we can yes. get help in, in the different states? Yes? Yes, there will be. Excellent. I'm yep, so glad we're already to working on that. that. There's a whole bunch of us working on independent type health systems, actually. Good. Totally independent of any of the current ones that are already set up. And they're mm -hmm. going to operate on a cash basis, not insurance-based. It's been disgusting enough to me, mm -hmm. disgusting enough to medical doctors around this country, that health care insurance companies... Yeah actually hold the ability to provide treatment where doctors are prescribing treatment, rehab, mm -hmm. medications, but the insurance companies come back and go, nope, we're not doing that. You can only do this. That, that, that has robbed doctors of their ability to treat patients. And that You're has right. been very frustrating to them for years. Right. This is just on a much more massive, in relationship to your husband going into the hospital and mm -hmm. your own personal experience, mm -hmm. I just have to say this. 
I didn't plan on doing this. Remember, I told you I planned on retiring. I did sure. not plan on becoming this person. But it has become extremely important to me to protect and preserve as many lives as possible because people are literally setting up ways to hurt you and your loved ones yeah. in hospitals. So they need to know right now that on uh, the drartistshow.com site, mm-hmm. if you set up a username and password and then log back into it, you have to sign back in. There is a resources tab that populates that w- will not be there unless you do that. And this is a COVID resources page. And there's all these questions. What if I have to go to a hospital? What documents do I need? Your, your audience needs to know there's two sure. things on that site right now. Mm-hmm. Number one is a directive to physicians, a advanced medical directive form for treatment of COVID-19 in hospitals in America. It's written up by an attorney named Kelly Sorrell. Mm -hmm. She did this and it has five things that you initial sign and then get notarized on this document. And you want this in your house, in a folder, ready to go as if your wife's in, you know, her third trimester of her pregnancy Mm -hmm. and any day now her water might break. Mm -hmm. You need a bag ready to go. Mm -hmm. You need these forms in your house, signed, notarized. Directive for physicians form. It has five things written on there. For your very first one is, I do not consent, even if you diagnose me with COVID-19 with a positive test, or you even think that it's plausible I might have COVID-19 from my symptoms. I do not consent, nor do I give you consent to treat me with remdesivir. You do not have permission or consent to vent me for any reason. On the four, There's five things that we wrote on there. And then the fourth thing, I don't know if you know this. Do you know that on intake forms in hospitals now, they have these little uh, phrases built into the text now that you don't read. You just sign to get your loved one in there. It says, by signing this form, you consent to allowing this hospital to give you the COVID-19 shot by signing these forms. No. But no one reads all the text. So on that fourth bullet, it actually says, I do not consent by being admitted into this hospital. Or if you send me to a psych ward, not a joke, I do not ever consent to be given the COVID-19 shot and you need to have this stuff ready because they have set up some horrible protocols in hospitals to take advantage of you and hurt you without you even knowing. So everyone needs to know that medical directive to physicians form is there. Get that signed, notarized by anyone at your bank. It's free. Usually if you just go into your bank, they usually have a notary in there. And then you want the medical power of attorney form that accompanies it in all hospitals. It's been standard of care. Mm-hmm. standard procedure to have a medical power of attorney form offered to anybody that comes into the hospital. But now if you take a loved one in there now and you're worried they might end up on a vent someday and you can't, they can't speak for themselves. You're going to ask for a medical power of attorney form. And every hospital in America is telling every loved one in hospitals that are standing there when they ask for a medical power of attorney form, they're all now saying we don't have those. We don't offer those. And so if you don't have one with you, uh, you're going to walk away going, oh, crap, I guess I get to make every decision on behalf of my loved one. No, you have the right to have your own medical power of attorney form, whoever you want to designate to make decisions for you yeah. on your behalf. Mm-hmm. If you can't articulate them, you need to have a medical power of attorney form ready at home always. You need to have that in that medical directive form right now. It's your best chance for holding them liable because if you give them those forms and mm-hmm. they still put you on remdesivir or vent you, mm-hmm. you have every right to okay. file battery charges and hold them in contempt legally. So make sure you have that in writing. It's going to preserve your life. Okay. We promise you. 
Brian Artis, thank you, Dr. Brian Artis. I really appreciate. I am so I'm so thrilled and happy to have you on the show because I have wanted you on the show for quite a while, and I am thrilled to have you. Um, I hope everybody has learned from this interview. I really do hope that uh, they understand that they're hearing truth, and that uh, people are getting harmed every day, and they're trusting in 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 these systems. And the system is a system now. And I what I learned was the doctors did not do a whole lot of reading or research and. And just did whatever the hospital told him to do without question. And it was really disturbing. So I appreciate you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to at least share it. And uh, we're all just trying. There's 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 some of us right. <laughs> that are trying our best to reach anybody at all to give them truths that we're aware of. Sure. So that they themselves have the best chance for preserving life, getting the actual things that will work. This is what I've said nonstop. Why are we trusting in what God created, which was you? Mm-hmm. And I believe your immune system that's mm-hmm. in there. Sure. Why, why are we doubting what God created and putting more faith in what man's creating in a lab? It, it amazes me that not one conversation about an immune system has been had since 1920, since uh, 2020, January 2020. They act as if it all went kaput all across the world for no, no, no reason at all. And no one has an immune system. So we're all walking around very neurotic. We're all immunocompromised all of a sudden. It was very, it's been very strange to watch. Yeah. It is odd, especially right now when there's 106, 106. I don't know how many you need, Kate, before you're convinced <laughs> that it might be true. Right. There's 106 studies showing that natural immunity to COVID-19 or any of its variants is far superior to the vaccine's waning immunity, hmm. which we've already seen. So 106 yeah. studies from yeah. around the world proving that's what our compilation is right now. It's wild. How many do you need before you know your immune system's fine right. and can handle some infection like it always has and put more faith in that immunity than in medicated immunity. Dr. Brian Artis, I hope everybody listens to your show. Thank you so much. Honestly, thank you. Well, well, I hear everybody's listening to your show, so I'm very proud of you, and I'm proud <laughs> well, of you thanks. for sticking up for your husband. <laughs> you and, bet. Uh, you I'm bet. really, really glad he's still alive, right? He's still yeah, alive? he's still alive and play. He played golf on uh, the night of the of the fifth day. I mean, the, the we got he got out of the hospital on the fifth day and played golf. I mean, I, I, I try to tell people this. <laughs> Just do it. what's Amazing. simple, you know. I so appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you and congrats to you and your family. Thank you. You as well.